Hey, welcome everybody. My name is John. I am a recovered alcoholic and drug addict. Great to be here with you today. And my topic for today is on forgiveness. And uh, it is something that we get to practice. It's something that uh, has happened to me. It's something that I get to give and receive. And so I just wanted to kind of unpack what forgiveness is and then how we're uh, starting to implement it in our lives of recovery or in our lives through the life lab process and uh, for some of you this the process that we're introducing into our life lab is a little bit uh, new and so uh, a couple stories came to mind of my my practicing and my life of forgiveness I was in the grocery store with my parents um, I was very young. I probably had to hold their hand for the most part, but I, I I squirmed away a little bit and I got to where the produce section was and there's all these baskets of beautiful fruit. And the one that I was attracted to the most were blueberries. I see the blueberries and um, I just grab away. I didn't buy any blueberries, but they were just there for the pickings. Somebody had gone to all the trouble to pick them, put them in these baskets, and then offer them to me. And so I thought that I would just put them in my mouth. And, um, you know, it was kind of like a sampling, if you will. What I, what I uh, grossly undertook was that I was actually committing an offense. I was actually committing theft. I was actually a criminal, a little miniature criminal. And my mom called me on it and said that I'm not allowed to do this and that this is stealing and you're going to get into big trouble. And we have to go talk to the manager and ask for forgiveness and what corrective measures that we should take. At this point, my anxiety and my nervousness and all these fears came over me that I was such a bad person and that I wasn't going to be loved and I was going to get, I was probably going to go to grocery jail and I started bawling and crying and my mom took me to my horror to the grocery clerk, the manager, and I had to actually repent and ask for forgiveness for being a criminal, for being a thief in his store and what corrective measures that I could take through the tears and the snot and the heavy breathing. Um, I wanted not to be a criminal. And so that was the first time that I ever remember having to ask for forgiveness. It was very stressful for me. I remember it to this day very clearly. It wasn't worth the blueberries, although I'm sure the blueberries were good. But I made a mistake and I asked for forgiveness. Um, it was forgiven. I didn't have to pay for the said blueberries. And we got to go on our way. The other serious offense that uh, I remember being involved when I was a very active young boy, like young boys should be. And we were uh, missionaries and we're going to the mission field. We had to stop in Malaysia. I was probably about five or six at this point. Uh, and, and my parents had to learn the language. So we were in Malaysia for quite some time at the mission home. And there was this great grand driveway up to the mission home, beautiful trees, um, beautiful setting, beautiful gate, and beautiful house. I took it upon myself 
to do security checks. Uh, one day, I thought this would be a good idea. And so a car was coming up. I was ready. I got in front of the car and I halted this car. It was a British lady. British lady, British people, British people don't like to joke around sometimes. Um, this particular British lady beeped her horn. She was trying to, she, I thought she, now it got serious because there's an intensity. She's trying to get somewhere where she's not allowed to be because I haven't secured, I haven't secured the perimeter. I have not checked her car. I have not checked her bags. Now it's becoming heated. This is serious. The horn's not going on. She is going to get out of her car and things are going down because security John is on the job. And um, she is beside herself and she removes me from the area. She actually couldn't remove me because I was pretty secure in doing my job at five years old. She had to go get my parents. Nan and Pa came out. There was some serious consequences, some words being exchanged. I was just doing my job, so I didn't really know what was going on, but I got sent to my room. And uh, before I could have dinner, which is pretty seriously important to me, before I had, before I, going to my room wasn't a problem. As a active young person, I could enter to myself anywhere. Um, until they said, I had to ask for forgiveness before I got my dinner. Now things got serious. There was a level of seriousness that was beyond my, my capabilities. So... I cried, the snot, the tears, the heaving, the the I am bad, I've done something wrong, and I need to go and ask for forgiveness. I had my mom by the hand, my mom had me by the neck, um, and we go to this lady's apartment, and I knock on the door, and I am so anxious, and I had to repent of holding her up and causing her grief, and I just asked her for her forgiveness it was so hard my little heart was so like broken on how horrible i did and how scary it was to go and and admit my wrong and then ask for forgiveness ask for a gift of like could you let me off the hook i didn't know i was doing anything wrong i apologize and uh i i don't remember what was for dinner but that whole scenario that was the hardest part, actually going to the person and asking for forgiveness. I'm pretty sure uh, she let me off the hook and uh, I did get my dinner. And so this forgiveness business is not necessarily easy. There's a lot of stuff behind it. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of false um, narrative of yourself, of, of doing the same cycle again. And there's just like an intensity of asking people for forgiveness. So these things have happened to us too, that we actually have to reciprocate this forgiveness. So where does this all come from? In the in the story in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it actually talks about the 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 addict is the alcoholic is like a tornado, marring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken, sweet relationships are dead, affections have been uprooted, selfish and insecure, inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. He is like the farmer who came out of the cyclone cellar to find his home ruined. To his wife, he remarked, don't see anything the matter here, Ma. Ain't it grand the wind has stopped blowing? 
So there is this tornado of a mess and the, the that we have harmed people out of our false selves, out of our spiritual disconnect with God. We have harmed people. Um, we have demanded people. We've had expectations on people. We've been short with people. We, we haven't cared for people. We haven't been empathetic with people. We haven't, we've consumed everything and everyone around us. And then we've added our addiction on top of that. And, and we've lied, we cheated, we've stolen, we've, we've, we've demanded, we've, we've done so much harm that we're probably not even aware of. And, 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 and to expect to go to these people and say, sorry, is, is actually an insult. So going through this work, we see in the beginning of, of the big book, where we see the beginning of, of, uh, and going through the story of, of Bill Wilson, we see he had this experience as well, where he had made a train wreck of his life. He'd hurt people. He'd been a consumer and and now he's trying to get better and he's trying over and over and he ends up in the hospital and and it says that um the real significance of my experience in the cathedral burst upon me for a brief moment i had needed and wanted god there had I had been a humble willingness to have him with me and he came but as soon but soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, most of those within myself. So he never got to the, the bottom of the problem, which is spiritual nature. So he had an experience and, and then it just died out. He didn't continue with the experience because he never got to the bottom of it. He never jumped in with both feet. He never uh, abandoned his life and he didn't get into the real root causes of it. Um. And so I had been ever since. How blind I had been. At the hospital, I was separated for alcohol for the last time. He had to go to the hospital to be separated from um, the alcoholism. Treat treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremors. There I offered myself humbly to God, as, as I then understood him, to do with me as he would. I placed myself reservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that I of myself was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my new friend take them away, root and branch. And so the part of, um, the part that we need to come to understand and what uh, the 12 steps will help you do the the process of life lab will help you do is to actually be able to admit and confess and see that you have these things in your life that have been driving you these fears these delusions the attitudes the activities that that have been driving you propelling you um and it's not to heap condemnation and guilt because that's the best that you could do because you are a slave to fear and slaves don't actually have choices. So you're being propelled, you're being driven by the slave master of fear. But we do have a solution and that's to ruthlessly face what's inside of us. To get to the bottom of the fear under the delusion, under the the, the attitudes that cause the behavior. And, and ask God to take them away root and branch. And this is where we actually get the things that are held against us forgiven by the love of God.
So where God's perfect love is, it casts out fear as long as I get to bring that to God. And so that's why we do an inventory. I have to bring these things to God. I have to be ruthless on what's inside of me propelling me. Um, and it, and it's it's our, our we have to see the impact of our addiction and our addictive thinking and the delusions and the the behaviors to the world around us. Like I have to actually see what I've done to the world around us, where I've minimized, where I've been delusional, where I've had expectations and belief systems that are wrong. And and God's going to forgive me as I bring those to him. And so first, I actually get forgiven for God. He forgives me so that I can forgive others. And so uh, in on page 86 of the big book, it talks about asking for God's forgiveness. So I have to receive forgiveness to be able to do forgiveness. And so it's not about forgiving and forgetting. It's not about like God just brainwashing me. A part of this forgiveness is about having the darkest moments of my life and, and the darkest moments that I've created out of my separation from God into a place of neutrality because God's going to use all of this stuff to benefit another person. In the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, so, so the transition is um, first, I have to ask for forgiveness from others. Uh, because I've I've harmed others, I've I've put others in horrible situations, and so I'm going to others to um, ask for forgiveness and to ask how to I how do I amend this, these harms that I've done? This is visible to me now. It's been clouded in delusion and run by fear. And, and I've made justifications for my behavior. Now that I get to see what I'm seeing, I'm coming to you to ask for forgiveness. And how do I write this wrong? Um, and so then the continuation of that, I just wanted to read something out of the 12 and 12 um, of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's often while working on this step. So step five with our sponsors or spiritual advisors that we first felt truly able to forgive others, no matter how deeply we felt they had wronged us. So there's going to be people that we have wronged, and then there's going to be wrongs against us. In our moral inventory, we persuade, had persuaded us that all-around forgiveness was desirable, but it was only when we resolutely tackled step five that we inwardly knew we were able to receive forgiveness and give it to. So it's something that I have to receive from God to be able to give to others. Another really um, good example of it is on page 91 of the 12 and 12. In all these situations, so all the situations of a day or of a year, we need self-restraint honest analysis of what is involved, a willingness to admit when the fault is ours, and an equal willingness to forgive when the fault is elsewhere. We need not to be discouraged when we fall into the error of our old ways, for these disciplines are not easy. We shall look for progress and not perfection. And so you have this concept of, I have been given something, and then I can act in it as well. Uh, but in my experience is I have to actually receive it to be able to give it 
honestly and for real and to be able to not keep a record of wrong. And so my really good relationships, and you can tell when you have a resentment, when when your partner or your friend keeps doing the same thing over and over and you use statements like you always or you'll never, like that's actually recalling all the times that they've done the same thing. What what I want to operate in is every day is a new day and your wrongs aren't going to be counted up against you because God doesn't keep track of my wrongs. He's forgiven me once and for all. I have to walk in that forgiveness and the acceptance of that and try to operate in his love that he's given me and his grace and his mercy. I want to be a bearer of that. And so I want to really encourage everybody to have every day is a new day. And if the person did the same thing over and over again, you don't count the wrongs that they've done and, and made a judgment on them or a condemnation of them. That can be very hard, but true forgiveness can actually help me do that in my heart. And so um, we, we've implemented kind of a new strategy, and, and I'm going to use uh, one that I just did, and it's called the forgiveness grid. Um I just walked through, um, I've been doing this for a little while, and we've just kind of made the grid about it. So if that's new to you, uh, this is an explanation of it. So I worked with uh, one of our guys, and he had a resentment about um, sponsees not following through, uh, Pacey's not following through. They, they're they told to do these things, and they don't do them, or they don't show up at, at, at to meet with the person. Um, they 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 are a bad return on his investment. And so we go through the, the front side of the inventory. We get to see his beliefs and his ego, the pride, how he sees himself, why this is affecting him. We get to see the 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 belief system of it and the 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 why does this hurt me so much? Why is this bothering me? And, and this is what I actually get to die of. So we, we flip over the page, we flip over the script, and we're on the other side of the resentment. And I just ask him, have you been a bad return on other people's investment? And he goes, yeah, actually, I, I've been fired like nine times. Um, I, I've been a bad return on lots of people's investment. And we get to the bottom of it. And this this the, the behaviors of, of why he's a bad um, in some areas, a bad return on people's investment. And then you get to see the attitude and the delusion, the justification. And then there's this little golden fear. This is the enemy of the fear that's the driver of your actions. And it's all covered up by justification and delusion. So we get to that fear. And it was actually a fear of, of being confined, like being put in a box. I don't like to be put in the box. I'm, I'm free-flowing. Uh, I, I like to kind of do my own thing and, and produce the results that I need to produce and, and that kind of thing. So, um, and then out of that fear, you get to see the people you've harmed. Let's take it one step further and implement the fear grid. I mean, the forgiveness grid. So what I did was I, I just asked him, could we do this? Can we take this fear and can we go into forgiveness? So in the grid, I put down the fear. Uh, this is really good to do with your pace setter and go through even your old resentments and, and kind of look at that fear and, and put them in this grid. So we put it in the grid. I, I go, the first question is um, just asking the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, the spirit of light to illuminate the first time you felt this fear. 
And I just asked him to meditate on that. Just ask the spirit of light. Like you, you probably can't figure this out in your own intellect. I, and I don't want you to. I just want the spirit of God to reflect the first time you felt that way. And he comes up with a scenario of 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 his parents fighting alcoholic home and he 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 put himself away in confinement so that he wouldn't be in danger he didn't want them to whatever the the scenario was but he was he felt confined he wanted to help out he wanted to be a liaison he wanted to fix the situation uh but that's where he first felt confined and so i just asked him where where is jesus in this and uh, his intellect took over and he's like, oh, yeah, exactly. Where's Jesus when uh, when ex bombs are going off and exploding buildings are happening? And and where was Jesus when my parents were addicted? And I said, well, let's just let's just ask Jesus. <laughs> let's not use our intellect. Let's just ask the question. So he does and he reflects and 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 he just said, oh, Jesus was there the whole time. And then I go into the next question. I said, what does Jesus want you to know about this? And he just reflects for about a minute. And then he says, oh, Jesus just wants me to know that it's okay, that it's not your fault, that you can't do anything about it. And then I go into the next question. And I just said, let's pray for the, for the Father's forgiveness for your mom and dad for this situation. Would you be willing to do that? And he says, I want to let this go. I want to forgive. I didn't even know this was there. And so he was able to pray forgiveness for this situation where the first time he felt this fear and for him to be released of it. And this is how we get to the root and the branches, not just the branches, but the roots of it. And we ask God to take this away, root and branch. And then I get to just pray the, the, the father's blessing on him. And and where the there there was this fear, would you just pour your your love into um, this situation? And would you give a, a, a spiritual experience because of this? And would you let this person not walk in this fear anymore, not be driven by this fear? And would you just pour your love into them? And we just come against the fear of the enemy, and we we've asked for forgiveness, and we just seal it with the the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we we go through that prayer, and there's a little bit of tears involved. There's um, just some reflection involved. And it, it's just a really good experience to bring full circle a resentment because we just want to not just see the fruit and the problems and the, the harms that I've done, but I want to get to the root of it. And this is just a way... Uh, to implement this kind of inner healing and getting to the real real source and the root of where this where where the harm really happened and then really implementing the action of forgiveness um because i believe that's what god wants us to do is make us whole and so this fellow was able to get to this fractured part of self this little boy that was 10 years old or eight years old that this happened to and bring him into uh, being an adult. So we, we get parts of ourselves fractured off due to trauma and due to fear so that we don't live in them all the time. 
And so there's all these little fractured parts of us, and God really wants us to be whole. He's made us into a whole being, and so parts of us have been fractured off. And so this is a way to invite forgiveness, to be able to walk in the wholeness of the freedom that Jesus gave us through his blood, and to be re revived and refreshed by the Spirit and the power of God inside of us, because we are the living temple of the risen God. And so that is that is part of walking somebody, or walking yourself into that freedom of really getting to the root and and not just to the branches. So I just leave you with that. If you want no, if you want more, there we have uh, the sheets available. Um, I would I would advise you to work with somebody to do that. And uh, I'm looking forward for the rest of your shares. Thank you.